Hello, welcome back. This is JC and the You Made New podcast. I am up to um, episode 17. And this again is going to be one that plays on another one. I realized as I was going back through and reviewing some things with um, episode 13 when we covered the image of the ideal woman, we talked um, about several comparisons with Daniel chapter three. If you have not listened to that episode, please do. This might not make any sense if you don't. But we talked about Nebuchadnezzar's golden image and made several comparisons to our image today of the ideal woman, the pressure that we're under to worship this image, how many ways that those two um, images are parallel. And we made the point also that this is this image in our day of perfection of um, woman's beauty and what we're supposed to look look like. It's not just unhealthy. It's not just unrealistic. It is a false God that's been set up in our culture. And there is enormous pressure to worship it. We talked about how worshiping can just be devotion to this image. But the last comparison that I used was um, the triggers. And said, and I said in that episode that we'd talk more about it. And then in um, 14, I just went in a different direction. So I'm actually really glad that we have a whole episode to to devote to this subject, to this particular comparison, because really this is the most powerful one in my mind in terms of making change and seeing a difference in our life. This is also the one, as I said, when I speak on this subject, this is the one we always end up going crazy on. Hands start flying. The discussion really starts going. And so I want to take the next 20 minutes to dive into this and really see if we can um, make some headway in, in what this means. Now, what I mean by triggers, if you, if, let's just quickly review. We're talking about the part of the story after Nebuchadnezzar has set up his golden image. After he's called together his entire kingdom, he makes a proclamation. And he tells them, why don't I read it? Let me open this right here. He says, oh, he has a herald cry out to the people and says, to you it is commanded. O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, the minute you hear that music start to play, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship, um, shall not, oh, excuse me, shall the same hour the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So again, the pressure, you will worship this. You will, or you will die. Now, again, we could roll our eyes and say, okay, JC, I get that you're making some comparisons, but we don't have that, that kind of insane pressure. Boy, um, I, I, would, I would argue that the pressure is just as immense. And we'll, we'll talk about some different ways that that takes place. But what we're going to do is look at um, this trigger or this cue. Music was the cue. The culture set up a cue. The minute that cue is, um, is set off, you will bow. Now, we talked a little bit. We talked a little bit about these triggers. This is the time. Boy, I want you to open your mind as we talk about this. I'm going to give you several more examples of triggers, different kinds of trigger triggers. Several, several of them are mine. Uh, many of them are ones I've heard as I've talked to other women and spoken on this, but yours may be completely different. And I think that the adversary gets very creative 
in the triggers he uses on us because he knows your background. He knows what's going on in your sweet little head and he knows what will work best on you. And so that your triggers may be very, very different than mine, but whatever they are, we've got to make sure here at the beginning that we understand many of these are subconscious. Let me just give you one example. One of my worst triggers, and it continues to be, even as I have been working on this subject in myself for many, many years, one of my worst is, is fit pictures of myself, seeing pictures of myself. I do not believe I'm very photogenic and, <clears throat> excuse me, and I can get triggered super, super fast by a picture of myself that looks awful in my head. Oh, my hair, my body. What is that? And I look at it and I am immediately triggered. Um, and you can say, well, how does that trigger worshiping the image? Well, it triggers the insecurities as I compare myself to the image. I look at that image of me and I think, I mean, if I hadn't set up the image of the ideal woman as my comparison, why would I hate that picture of myself? What I'm doing is I'm judging that photo based on all the things I think I should be skinnier, better hair, clearer skin, whatever. Oh, my clothes. Do I look like that? And I start obsessing and immediately mentally, I bow before the image in that I give it power over me. It ruins my day. Have you ever seen a picture? You got family pictures back or, or you saw something someone posted on social media of you and you're just mortified and immediately the rest of the day you're consumed with insecurity or shame or condemnation about that. That picture's just in your head and you think, oh, I look terrible. What am I going to do? And I'm so ashamed. Do you see the power? that that golden image has over your mind just because of that one trigger. And it happens so subconsciously. A lot of times we'll see the picture and we won't say, oh my gosh, that triggered me. It just does. It just does. And then we're in our shame all day, not even realizing sometimes that that happened. It happened so subtly and that trigger just boom, it set us off so quick that it, it completely gains power over my, our mind. The adversary wins because he destroys our peace. He destroys our self-worth. All, Like I said, all day we're just caught in that pit of self-condemnation, all because of one little photo that we saw. The power of these triggers is enormous. And our goal is to just at least begin to start recognizing them for what they are. I laugh about it now. I know every time we get pictures back or we take pictures or I have a little voice in my head that says, watch, just watch. This may trigger you. And a lot of times it still does because I'm getting older. I don't always love pictures of myself. And I, I'm telling you, I think Satan just messes with me on this. It's like a, you know, those clown, those crazy mirrors in, in the fun houses that make you look distorted. I swear he distorts pictures sometimes just to mess with my head. <laughs> and it used to. I'm getting better at seeing it coming and going, okay, if it isn't perfect, just chill. You know, don't, don't get caught in that place anymore. So at least beginning to recognize our worst triggers for what they are. Cues, triggers, whatever you want to call them. Another one for me is the fitting room, trying on clothes. I've had so many negative experiences in the fitting room, grabbing clothes off the rack that I thought would be adorable and then trying to make them work on my body where you just look and you go, oh, are you kidding me? Like, no, no, no. And it, it's such a trigger for me. I, I have had times where you leave them all or leave the store just going, never mind. I'm just going to wear sweats or yoga pants for the rest of my life. 
it so triggers me in that same way that we just talked about with the pictures, because I'm so dissatisfied with the image I'm seeing in the fitting room mirror compared to the golden image of beauty in our society that it just slays me. It can send me into self-condemnation or it can send me into this frantic need to dye it or dye my hair or, you know, get some sort of thing going where I can get myself more, um, acceptable and closer aligned with the golden image of of beauty. So it can send me into obsessive thoughts. It can send me into negative thoughts, but just all I'm doing is trying on clothes for heaven's sakes in the fitting room. But again, I know the adversary knows that that's a tender issue for me. My body has curves. A lot of clothes don't fit. I, I just have a certain style that works on me. And sometimes it's hard to find the right clothes that hang right. And so that is always a trigger for me. I have to go very prayerfully into clothes shopping. When I know I need something, I mean, sometimes we have to buy clothes. We have to dress ourselves. It's not something we can always avoid. And maybe even avoiding it is not a good solution either. We have to be able to be at peace with this, right? And so I go very, very, very prayerfully into the mall. It seems like the stupidest thing to pray over, but it triggers me so bad that I I have to be prayerful when I shop just because I know that it can send me into that negative place. Um, let's, let's talk about a few other ones. Um, another one that has gotten me a lot over the years is when a friend loses weight, a dear friend and starts to look really, really good. And, um, that can trigger me super fast. The comparison, the shame of, Oh, I should be able to do that. And the jealousy. I mean, that natural man part of me that comes out when, when someone else is successful and I'm not, or, or I'm not the size that I thought I should be again, mine are, can you tell mine have been very weight related? (laughs) I know you may not be, it may not be that way for you at all. Um, but a lot of us do struggle with that. I know my daughter once said one of her triggers was, um, she had a little cute little group of friends in high school and one of them was super tiny and, and, and another one was very similar. They were, and this daughter of mine is an athlete and is, um, built like an athlete. She's not tiny. She has very, very strong, um, sprinter type legs and, and she's made for the thing she loves. It's a beautiful thing. But when her tiny little friends started talking about being fat, she came home and she said, mom, if they're fat and I probably weigh 30 pounds more than them, what does that say about me? And boy, we had to have a conversation, a conversation with friends, with your mother, with your sister, um, things that come up that can trigger you. Something someone says that you're not sure what they mean by that. Um, it, do you see how it can just be a sea of endless types of things that can drag us into this place of shame, into a place of dissatisfaction with our body, body hatred. Um, it just can consume us one little trigger, one little thing, and we can be sent off into that place and, and just destroyed over that one thing. I remember I was speaking on this once and everybody was raising their hands and giving their little two cents on their triggers and what, what affected them the most and what got in their head. And one cute lady raised her hand and she looked at me and she said, you're triggering me right now. And it killed me because I thought, no, I'm, I'm trying to be very open about my own issues. And, and she just said, you're just up there and speaking so confidently and you're just so, and she said, it's all the things that I wish I would. Do you see how quick these things can get in our head? So, so as you begin to take time 
to watch yourself over the next several days and weeks. And the minute you feel that self-condemnation or whatever it triggers, the obsessiveness, the um, getting stuck in a very negative place about your body, you may not have even noticed what it was that triggered you. Triggered you. So stop and go back and look at it and go, wait a second, where'd that come from? What was the voice in my head? It might just be a voice in your head. That might be all it was, was a little whisper, a little message that tore you down, that made you compare yourself, that a message of not enough, not pretty enough, not skinny enough, not um, clear enough skin, not this, not that. What was it that triggered you? Start making a list. If you're not a journaler, that's fine. Maybe you could journal about it. If you're not, just start making a bullet point list. And I bet you, I bet you, like me, you're going to have more than one. I've had many that I've unearthed that the adversary uses to mess with me. Many triggers that wash over me and sometimes come at me with the force of, of, of the Babylonian culture where it just feels like you do this, you worship this image, or you're going to be rejected. You're never going to find love. I mean, he can taunt us with all kinds of negative effects if we don't bow. The same way that they were told that in Babylon. You bow or you're going to be thrown in a fiery furnace this very hour. You're going to die. You will worship this. He has the same pressure on us. It just comes in a little different form. Again, look at the messages in the in your head. What are the fears that are created when we compare ourselves to that image? That someone will never, my husband won't find me attractive anymore. If I, I just had a baby and my body has changed and he's never going to love me anymore. And just spiraling into that place where he may not have even said anything to you. I mean, he may have, and that may have been your trigger, but it may just be from the thoughts in your head that the adversary is stirring up in terms of fear, doubt, um, just a worry that we're not going to be enough and all the consequences that can come from that. So it takes time to do a little digging, to watch yourself. I wish I could give you the top five triggers that all women go through. Here they are. Watch for them and you're going to be great. No, there's a thousand, 10,000. Who knows? Um, I told, I think I said this in the other, it was either in the other episode or in my class, my body image class. I can't remember. One girl said to me as I was speaking, she raised her hand and she said, I'm an artist and I draw figures and, and bodies and people. And she said, my art triggers me. Because as I compare myself, I'll never look like that. I'll never look that good. It is endless. So the first job, as we're beginning to take this apart, and as we're beginning to seek a more peaceful body image and, and the ability to see ourselves through the beauty of the Lord and not the beauty of the world, we've got to see what is triggering us and keeping us in this um, insecure place. It's going to take some, some self-introspection some self-awareness because the triggers are subconscious so often we don't even realize that they're they're working on us satan has been so sneaky and so deceitful and it happens underneath the surface we think it's our own voice in our own head see that's the scary thing is he is so able to get in our head and we feel it feels true because it feels like we're thinking it but we have an adversary and he can whisper to us in a way that just sounds so seductive and so true. He'll just say things that he knows will just slide right into your beliefs about yourself. He knows what people have said to you over the years. He knows the things you've struggled with. 
and he's going to work us. And at some point, maybe what's going to help is for us to get a little mad and say, you know what? No, 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 no. I just, I don't want to get, allow him to do that to me anymore. To just work me like that. There may have been other places in your life, maybe fear over finances or, you know, all kinds of different fear over parenting your children, where you've worked through some of that, where he's not as able to send you to that place of fear, where you've developed a stronger faith in that area, where finances don't trigger you like they used to. And you know how to, to rise up and speak words of faith over those situations, a health crisis, maybe some of, the, of these other things where you've learned how to speak Speak words of hope and encouragement and Christ will be with me. He will not forsake me. He will help me. You know, maybe we've learned this process in other areas of our lives. But when it comes to our body image, our weight, our look, our appearance, we've never, we've never really explored how to cling to Christ to have us to be able to find beauty in ashes, to be able to find peace. Even if I gained a hundred pounds when I was pregnant. To have him help me find my way back to health and, and not be drugged through the self-condemnation as I do so. Maybe I just never thought to ask him in this area of my life before. And so the part of the journey is, number one, identifying our triggers. And then number two, laying them on the altar before the Lord and saying, will you help me? Um, help me find a way so this loses its power over me. Speak truth into my mind. For me, like, uh, it's funny. I have a memory of, I'm a, I'm an exerciser and I'm a home exerciser. I love home video stuff. I've been through all different kinds of, of exercise at home. I just love, it's just my thing. But I remember once there was an exercise videos doing, and the instructor was like working the abs. And she was like, look at the, her abs. She was pointing to the girl next to her working out with her. And don't you want abs like that? Like th- work 10 more reps. That's what you're going for. And I remember as I was going through triggers, I thought, no, you are not going to trigger me. And I yelled back at the TV. No, it is at my house, but I yelled at the TV. That is not why I'm working out. No, that is not my goal. I'm not looking for six pack abs. I'm just looking to be strong and healthy. And, and it is not my goal. It's talking back to the triggers. It's fighting back. It's speaking truth that supersedes those voices. It's like when Christ was in the wilderness and for 40 days and fasting, I should have looked up the chapter. We could have read the verses. I didn't even think of it till now, but think about when Satan comes to him. And says, and and presents those three different kinds of temptations, trying to get in his head, trying to get him to question who he is. He doesn't just turn his back on Satan. He speaks scripture back to him and says, no, it is written and speaks the words of truth into those lies so that he is able to rise up above that, that pressure that the adversary is putting on him to succumb. And it's, it's the same pattern for us. As the triggers come, we consciously begin to talk back, whether it's through prayer, whether it's just out loud, whether it's keeping scriptures posted on our mirror so that it, you know, if something's triggering, we, we have ways to fight back. I mentioned earlier, my daughter, again, it might've been the podcast. Forgive me that I can't keep all this straight. It might've been in the, in my online course, but my daughter had a fashion board on Pinterest that was triggering her. 
It, it may be that you take a break. It doesn't mean you never do Pinterest again. I'm not saying that. But if it's triggering you, if Instagram is triggering you, maybe it's time for a, a social media fast. Maybe it's time for a breather to kind of get that under control. Eventually, we should be able to walk back into the fitting room and be back on Instagram and go back to, I can see pictures of myself now. And I know how to handle that in a way as I'm relying on Christ so that it doesn't implode in my head anymore, but it took some work. And so sometimes I had to step away from those things for a while and, and just kind of get my head right and allow the Lord to speak peace and truth and hope to me so that then I could handle those things in a more healthy and faith-filled way. I hope I've outlined the journey at least a little bit. You can see that now the ball is in your court. I mean, this is a personal thing. And, and if you really want to be free, there's going to be some, some work to get there, to evaluate what it is. Maybe go back into your past. What have people said to me? What are the messages that were sent to me from a very young age? It could have even come from family, could have come from friends, teachers, guys you liked. Where have the messages come from? Have I adopted them myself just from culture, just from cultural things? Where have they come from? What are they speaking into my voice and, or excuse me, into my head right now? And how can Christ help me speak truth? that can demolish those lies and, and make those triggers powerless over me. That is our journey. Thank you so much for joining me. I wish you the best in this. And I'm telling you, as you begin to be free and as you begin to see those triggers and, and obliterate, obliterate them in your lives, man, teach your daughters, teach your friends, teach your mom, teach everyone, you know, start having the conversation with others so that we women, we daughters of God can rise up and get off our knees and stop bowing before this image. Have a wonderful day.